right, everyone, we are back, our human experience, and this will be our first guest show. So today, Melissa and I invited our good friend Kurt on, and I want to give him just a couple minutes to introduce himself, talk a little bit about who he is uh, and why we brought him on, and then we'll go from there. Kurt, take it away, my man. All right. I am Kurt Bednarsik. I am a human male. <laughs> <laughs> I am Perfect. 33 years old. I have like beautiful long walks on the beach. Beautiful wife Michelle and wonderful son Logan. Uh, he'll be 2 in March. And I'm seeking alignment in life and trying to <laughs> be my best Kurt for myself, create the story that I want and is best suited for people closest to me like Michelle and Logan and Anybody else who comes into my sphere of influence. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a, a little background here. We Kurt, we met you how long ago? Like as The nine, first Catalyst game. First I think Catalyst it was literally games, right? the day yeah, like, we met. Yeah. yeah. So nine years. Yeah. Almost ten. Yeah. Um, and Kurt's been in our lives in many different ways. He, he worked in our gym as a coach uh, for a number of years. He do, does a lot of really interesting stuff uh, on his own in his own coaching business right now. And, and one of the things that has really struck both Melissa and I lately has been his practice on language, how to improve it, how to notice uh, ways to kind of change and adapt the way that we speak to one another, the way we speak to ourselves in order to be more authentic, communicative, uh, and just generally do a better job of building relationships and cultivating the the life that we want, both within with ourselves and with others. I mean, those are the things that we're seeing from the outside, and that's really what we wanted to to bring Kurt on today to talk about. So um, this is going to go real conversational, as the first couple. So this is about as formal as it gets in the beginning. Um, so stay with us here. We may go on some tangents. Melissa will hopefully rope us back in. Kurt and I have been known to to jam for. Uh, quite some time once we get going talking. So, uh, without further ado, let's let's chat about it. So, uh, language, what is like what what got you into it? it into really focusing on it, I guess. Uh, permission to backtrack a little bit. If yeah, if yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and with hesitance of being the the guy who always brings up drugs, I'm sure we'll talk about plant medicine later. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, the literally the first time ever taking mushrooms. I was with some college buddies. I was probably 21 years old, and we went out in nature. It was it was cool. I mean, very less, a lot less intentional than I might consume mushrooms today, um, but really just kind of have a good time. And on the end of that, we watched Bruce Lee's documentary. <coughs> excuse me, um, uh, how Bruce Lee changed the world. Okay, and that was pretty sweet. The download that I had at the time was. Uh, his quote about absorbing what is useful, uh, just reject what is useless and then make what's uniquely your own. Despite uh, my path at that point, you know, 10 years ago or so, diverging into becoming more of a meathead, you know, leading to us meeting in a gym setting or whatever, in hindsight, I could have uh, benefited a lot more from more Bruce Lee tutelage. Right, it was kind of one of those fanboy. Like as a younger man. Yeah, the fanboy thing I developed. Where yeah, I'm I'm a Bruce Lee fan, although I don't really know anything about him. And I had the Bruce Lee T-shirt 
<laughs> and now I'm, you know, still focused on holding my identity by how much I can fucking squat or whatever. Anyway, um, with regard to myself as a human being, I've, I took that philosophy pretty deeply. Um, and so having known me nearly a decade, I'm a creator, right? I like doing things and adding my, <laughs> adding my own flair to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, many, many years of exploration, doing stuff for wellness, trying different diet things, being barefoot in the woods, doing all this. I subsequently recognized that language was just another spoke to this wellness wheel. And in taking that same methodology that's driven my life of accept what is useful and reject what is useless, make what's your own, then I started thinking about language uh, as something that comes after your experience. All we're doing is describing what we can feel and experience at a deeper level than that. And then as a creator, you can essentially cultivate your experience through written spoken word. And yeah, living that fractal life, just having the conversations with people like you guys going, going deeper on certain concepts. Um, language is something that is accessible you can treat it just as any other training modality the same way we would have uh, attempted to figure out how to do a good clean and jerk. You, you break it down, you start to draw awareness to, oh, this is what I want it to be. This is what I want it to. Uh, that's the gap between where I'm at and where I want it to be. Yeah. And then you start to plug in things like that and... You know, then you you're you're doing a lot more creating in life than you thought was possible because you're just intentional about your language, among other things. But language again being accessible to everyone, especially yeah. emails, text messages. You're doing it every day, and you get to proofread it before you send it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that you kind of touched a, on something that just jumped into my head immediately, which was. You know, you reference like a clean and jerk. So, you know, like a strength training movement. A lot of people might not care about that, care to learn it. It's not just not of interest to them, but language is universal. We're, we're, we all communicate in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, maybe not everyone is verbal, uh, but we all have a way to communicate. And so it's a, it's a useful thing to look into and to evaluate how you do it, how you can improve it, no matter who you are or what you're doing or what you're trying to accomplish. I think that's one of the things that has really interested me to watch kind of you dive deep on that. And for, for me to be trying to be a little bit more um, intentional about the way that, that I use language as well, especially because I have a a long history of pissing people off and (laughs) rubbing people the wrong way, whether intentionally or not. And a lot of times it like, I'm not gonna lie. It was intentional to get people fired up. But then there's a lot of times where it wasn't, and I was just, I was like, but I don't know what happened. I don't know what I did or said or wrote. Yeah, exactly. Just brash as <laughs> as human beings, and then on not recognizing that the other people are going to perceive this differently than I have. Yeah. 
and then and, and honestly feeling like feeling bad feeling guilty like i didn't want to upset you or whatever that outcome was it wasn't what i intended but then also being like really confused as to why that even happened and and reaching out to a lot of times i'll, I'll lean on melissa and i'll Hey, what did I say? Like, what did I do in this moment that... Yeah, but even times I'm not helpful because I've known you for almost 20 years. And I I know the back story and why you're saying something, and I'm used to how you say things. That's true. It goes back to the echo echo chamber discussion we were having before we got on. No doubt. You you, You become real accustomed to the... The, yeah. the way you already communicate, the people who are around you are accustomed to that. And so it, it could be a, it not could be, it, it is likely a difficult thing to start assessing and changing. Not that it's so difficult you shouldn't do it or you can't do it, but it's real easy to just fly under the radar and not ever do anything about it, right? At the risk of a, a pessimistic assessment, um, I imagine as human beings, we are lazy as fuck without intention. Yes. Yeah. If we're not, yeah. if we're not creating with anything, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're not creating a specific uh, pattern on purpose, clean and jerk. Uh, affirmations. Yeah, like, yeah. Language. Yeah. Affirmation versus negation. Um, likely, you will just be a part of the environment that you're in. What I imagine is super cool about languages. You can practice it while contributing to your environment. So as you practice it and put those types of thoughts and ideas that influence your reality through other people simply being exposed to them when you show up every morning intentionally non-negative. Yeah. Uh, I think that's very powerful. Yeah, and not only contribute, I was not only necessarily just contribute to your environment, but but shape and reshape In, it. And impact it, yeah. Like, I mean, be able to, to change your perception, your own personal perception of the environment around you, as well as the people that, that you're around. I mean, we had a conversation the other day about not only paying attention to what we're saying in front of our children, but to our children. And then parroting, parroting and limiting, like listening yeah. to, you know, how you're disciplining them or just even things like we talked about sarcasm, like that we as adults are pretty sarcastic with each other, but children don't get that. Mm-hmm. So when you say like, you know, don't, you're being bad or something like they take that and they, sure it becomes who they are. Well, that was the conversation when, you know, we're having, uh, so our, our oldest Dylan is like. We're getting a lot of no. She's been doing <laughs> awesome this week. But she, for the previous, I don't know, month or so, anything you ask her to do, she goes, N-O. No. <laughs> and just like, and it doesn't fucking matter what it is, regardless. The, it, like, it's the always brashness like, exposed. It's a little bit. Young yeah. yeah. And so, but she came out the other day, and I don't know what it was. You asked her to do something, and she goes, N-O. No. And she's running down the hallway and I stopped her. And, like, you know, it... it Upset Melissa. She, it was at the end of the day where she'd been saying no to everything, and um, I said, "Honey, why are you why are you saying no to something like this?" It was like go brush your teeth or something. It was you know it was something standard that she does every every day, and she goes, "Oh no, it was she she you said something and she disagreed." She's like, "No, it was the know. fire truck." 
Yeah, a that's fire truck went a fire by. truck went by, blew a horn. Melissa said to Aubrey, that was a fire truck. <laughs> no one goes, N-O. No, it wasn't. It was it was yeah. a car. And like and I said and it was just one of those things that kinda twisted Melissa a little bit at the end of the day of her being defiant. And she was like, Why do you have to disagree with me on everything? And I stopped Dylan and I said, Dylan, do you not think that was a fire truck? And she goes, I said, Or do you think it was? And she's like, It was a fire truck. <laughs> and I said, Why did you say no when mommy told Aubrey that it was and she and she just went and kind of gave me like a, I don't know look and I, I said did you think it do you think it's funny to just say no even though you kind of know that that's not the right answer and she goes yeah and that's when it dawned on me and we had that conversation like we're too like jokingly sarcastic with one another and like we'll say things you know and Dylan come out I'm like I'm like what are you doing you know she's getting ready for school and I'm like there's no school today and I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll mess with her and stuff. And like, you're just having fun. But she didn't understand that, like, always disagreeing and always saying no, mm-hmm. it stops being funny. <laughs> sure. Right? Now it's annoying, right? There's no, but she's five. So she doesn't understand that. She thinks she's being funny by disregarding that. And so, like, how much is our language impacting her? And especially now at this stage in her life, very differently than if she was, you know, a peer that heard us kind of joking around and, and sarcastically saying something. So even that, like as a parent, it's real important to start. It's, and it's real in your face. You start evaluating how you talk and your language because they start to, you start to see it in your kids. <laughs> and they parrot you. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. So children, just a great reflection. Uh, perhaps the speed of implementation for them is much faster. But what, if we took the perspective that you're influencing uh, your, the energy and you're in the room you're in, no matter what, whether you're intentional about it or not. Mm-hmm. So then, with respect to how you treat that situation, recognizing an opportunity, hey, this is just an opportunity for me to show up as who I want to be. And potentially we could start to shed identities of uh, that, I'm, that I'm Chad when I'm talking to Melissa and that I'm Chad number two when I'm talking to my daughters and start to sort of morph these things into just being chat. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really interesting for me too. I, we've alluded to prior as I didn't want to get too into this, but a lot of my past, I recognize now in, in hindsight, I've, I've been interested in literature and rhetoric and the written word. Uh, I enjoyed the art of that. And then also I had this identity of that I'm a, I'm a meathead first and then I have morphed into a movement guy or whatever the case. And, you know, a collection of variables, whatever, but language to me came as a, sort of a connecting piece between mm-hmm. these, oh, yeah, I'm just always, I'm always attempting to communicate or express something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, potentially that's a, a bit deeper, but that's where I'm at with language now. It's the same thing as when I'm playing with the rope. Sure. As many, as often as I'm able to be mindful and check in and actually, you know, come from a place of how do, how do I want to be right now? And it is interesting. I, 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 we, we falter a lot. The more awareness you start to draw, 
you recognize mm-hmm. it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. We often want to be that lazy, unintentional, just blurt out what comes to us. And I, I imagine we always will. But but frequency in, is what you're looking at is how how can you strive towards being better and improving that and being more present. There's always going to be a time when when you're just you're not feeling it or you're tired or what where you're not as intentional. You don't show up the way that you expect or that you would want of yourself. Um, but and you touched on this before about just human beings, and I've long said this to you. Like we we're just we're, we are lazy by nature. Like we are physiologically like we like to seek that path of least resistance and so if something's working even if it's not working well if it's satisfactory we just keep doing it yeah i would i would even argue even if it's not satisfactory because we don't take a lot of time to actually actually reflect on it it's familiar and it's and it's not yeah it's Mm -hmm. not being done with intention it's being done subconsciously Mm -hmm. and so it just becomes accepted as Whatever, like, it. It, like for yeah. me, it, for a long time, it was it was just accepting, like, you're an asshole, like that. It was just in my own mind. I never even thought, like, I should get better at this. Yeah, there's an identity around <laughs> me being this. Yeah, and, and so just, I'm this. Mm-hmm. And and for a long time, that was it. me. Yeah, I just I said, this is the way I talk to people. This is the way I engage <laughs> with people. This is me. If you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> you know, and now looking back, like you, you kind of touched on with the, the Bruce Lee thing that you could have used some more tutelage as a as a younger man. I, I we talk about that so frequently. I'm, I'm like, man, I just I can only imagine had I stumbled into some of the practices, whether it's language stuff or anything, you know, journaling, meditation, reading, like sure. you know, expanding my ability to to try and be a better version of myself if i had stumbled into any of that in my early 20s I'm like, man how much further along would i be <laughs> like and you want to talk about someone that needed it and also someone that would have been like get the fuck away from me if i brought this <laughs> like it would have so it wouldn't have even happened right to be able to, to think back to, to them but it is interesting that we do i we we are resistant to challenge and change despite knowing that those things make us better on the other side you know it's it's a weird dichotomy that i think a lot of us struggle with one way or another and to one degree or another some people are more intentional they recognize it and they so they address those challenges they address changing their mindset changing their language and being intentional with those actions because they have come to understand how much value can come out of it on the other side right whereas other people the the kind of natural course of action might be to just avoid that discomfort, avoid that, that challenge, whatever it might be, continue down the path you're on because, you know, that path, you know, seems less daunting, scary, however you want to say it, than the one you don't. Mm-hmm. 100%. And also, it's scary for anyone to admit to themselves and then subsequently to others and then subsequently act upon a limitation. Yeah. Yeah. So let me let me get a practical example, which which definitely contributed to, you know, my my addition of language to this. Yeah. The entire conversation around just living life, right, yeah. the best you can. Um, you guys are familiar with Mark England. Yes. So the creator of Procabulary. Yeah. And I think he also does Inlifted. Inlifted coaching. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Mark. He's a, yeah. He's shout a good out to dude. Mark. First of all, <laughs> listen, I'm. 
I'm an intermediate. Well, I'm not even intermediate. I'm a beginner at language yeah. game. This is Mark's. It's Mark's thing. Mm-hmm. You want if you want to get some real information, just follow that. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, or whatever, you know? yeah, we will. Um, however, with with I heard him on a podcast, and he, you know, as much as I was interested in rhetoric and you know Stoic philosophy and and these kinds of things for years, he made a, a compelling case for simply be aware of negations in your day to day. Simply become aware about when people are using terms like haven't, can't, shouldn't, won't. Uh, you know, mostly the word not and the contractions that, that it uh, comes up in. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, uh, binary language. I had never considered that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I may have, but truthfully never drew a, a, a particular awareness to that. And the so. next day... It just made that intentionally a, a point of awareness. Just be on the lookout. It's I would imagine. Mind I would imagine you saw it everywhere. I saw yeah, it everywhere like, and in me. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I don't mean it just externally, but <laughs> yeah. it's the, it's that like, you know, you you see a, a car in a new color for the first time, or the car you buy a car and you're like, now you see them all the time. Like mm-hmm. you just you become aware of this thing that you're looking for, and now you're like, Jesus, I do that all the time. And so do a lot of people around me. And I never really noticed it until then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's a really interesting one. I think another another one that he put out that I really enjoyed and I try to use, especially if I'm journaling, if I'm talking to the girls, uh, to our daughters, is uh, getting rid of the word but. Right? That was a, to me, that was yeah. like, what a simple, like, just cross it out. Write the word and, yeah, you know, and and, I was, and and when you do that, just similar to the getting, trying to change out the negation, some of the stuff that you do on social media, which I love pulling <laughs> like the stoic quotes and changing them. And because it, it also, it also gives, uh, it, it gives you a chance to think about like this thing that was written by this person that you admire and it, it it's full of wisdom can still be improved upon. Sure. It doesn't have to be the bar, and it, it can still be changed to be received in a different way, and and I think that's a really interesting thing. And those like those two things alone, in terms of language, if people left this you know this episode and they're listening to this and they just started with those two things, trying to omit the word but from your statements, and just being observant of those negations and finding is there another way for for me to communicate this without having it come from that place of negation right those stoic philosophers you know seneca marcus aurelius it's rife with negation so what was really mind-blowing the day i was doing this you know the the intent was to look out for how what does this contribute to as far as uh after the negation is used yeah and while the Stoic philosophers are using negation rhetorically, right, to draw awareness to an unpreferred behavior, yep. you know, don't seek a life that others want for you, seek a life that you want for you. So I understand that from a rhetorical standpoint, and in, in life, some of it was that. However, a lot of them 
a lot of the uses in day-to-day from others and myself, I recognized as this is just a process of elimination. Out of infinity options, you're eliminating one. Don't do that. And contributing nothing, really, to doing something, which is ultimately (laughs) the biggest gap. Uh, You know, there's no one about talking about, and then there's doing. Yeah. Instead of of don't be a dick. Be a good person. Be a good person. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, and I talk, I mean, I talk to my clients about that when we talk about creating new habits. It's not, let's not look at what the five things we need to eliminate. Let's look at the five things that you're doing really well and just do more of that. And it'll kind of inherently push out the things you don't want to do. Return on investment. Right. So like. Not, you know, looking at, you know, don't stay up too late. Just I go to, go to, go to bed, right? Yeah. Like, turn off the TV. Yeah. yeah. And admittedly, you know, recently I'm just, I'm interested in the topic. So I, I do want to, I do want people to artistically utilize negation. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those, some of the best speeches and quotes of all time are, are beautiful in that. You know, they they also draw awareness to the unpreferred behavior. Mm-hmm. I get that. For me, also, in understanding that you are contributing to the energy in this room just by being Melissa, by being Chad, by being Kurt, my ability to respond is to contribute only to the action step, only to the do, only to the can, only to the should. Versus can't, mm-hmm. won't, shouldn't. Um, because I'm recognizing a pattern that it's already overused. Despite that there is some uh, rhetorical use. And we can use that among ourselves, our clients. You talked about us going down rabbit holes. Yeah, That's important for us and the work that we do. But when we're talking about now extending to other people, the language and communication become way more important. You and I are riffing. And that's pretty much what we're doing yeah. now. Only through this and through many reps that are failed, recognizing, oh shit, I'm using that negation a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. I've actually, because you guys are a gym and you have things here, this is a great example. <laughs> I've got my band on for my particular oh, yeah. my particular point of language awareness. Recently, it's been on using like as a filler. Now that I'm saying this out loud, permission to hold me accountable, listeners. I'm attempting to not like, use like a lot. <laughs> and the, the shitty thing is, when you start to do these things, when I drew awareness to negation, you recognize, ooh, I got a pretty low batting average at this thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Would, you, would most, you imagine that you start to almost... Do it more, or maybe not more. And maybe it's just that you're noticing it more. I, it would, for me, with things like that, I will. Uh, it'll almost become a thing that I'm stumbling into a lot, and then trying to catch myself, especially right at first, because it's you know, like I'm looking out for the word like, mm-hmm. and now I'm like saying like all the time, <laughs> and I'm like 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 like, and, and just snap in the band or whatever it is that you're doing to try and. and help yourself get past that that habit do you notice is, any of that is that what you guys are picking like as well or what, i don't you know pick your own i don't know 
I, do you think but, I do? No, I, I don't think I, I use the word like. No. Um, even for just the com- the conversation, honestly, I didn't know that I used it as much as I did, <laughs> and it may have just been from the recorded conversations that Mike and I started having. Yeah. And I listened to myself back, and it sounds cringy. The thing, the gap that I see in in a lot of people is an inability or a, a fear of acknowledging, hey, I'm a white belt. I am a beginner at this. If, from a batting average standpoint, I'm a baseball guy. I'm hitting 100. One out of 10 times I get this right. Nine out of 10 times I get this wrong. And I hate I hate right or wrong, but at least recognizing, ooh, I'm doing less well there than I could sure. be doing. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine um, you, you made me consider something as you said that the, the the resistance to wanting to be a white belt to being a, a beginner at anything mm-hmm. the more common that thing is the more resistance people tend to have so someone going in to start jujitsu who's it's not something that everyone does probably pretty receptive to being a beginner right right language is something we all do and so it's weird to try and take a step back and say, I'm a beginner at language at 39 rec- years yeah. old. <laughs> it hurts to recognize I'm, I'm extremely dysfunctional in this area. <laughs> right. Language That I've breathing. been doing for a very long time. Breathing's another one, right? Bre- oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> running. I mean, running locomotion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and these, yeah. Are, these are our own biases. Mm-hmm. Um, but in just recognizing patterns, I'm, I imagine there's always going to be a gap between you seeing these things in other people that when they're your points of awareness... And then acknowledging to yourself, oh, yep, yeah, I also suck. <laughs> I also suck at that. And yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just a lot of practice over the years because I, I've purposely cultivated practices in my life. Right? With, mm-hmm. with the movement stuff, you guys know I've been into it for a long time. I play music. I like writing. I just, and I'm okay with knowing that there's people that are way better than me. And sure. And there are people who are less intentional that I'm excelling at more than because I was intentional in this area. So that's a learned practice as well. A hundred percent. I think you touched on a couple of things that that almost inherently force you to be reflective on yeah. that journey. So learning been learning humbled, music. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learning music is one getting into movement practices, whether it's strength training or people that go into, like like we mentioned martial arts before, those sort of things, you're able to see that you have, where you've come from, and you're, it almost, it warrants you to be reflective on what you're doing. A- am I doing these things to get better at this thing that I like to do so that when I play music, it sounds better to me. So that when I play my interviews back, <laughs> I don't listen to it like, what the fuck was I saying? You know? And, but I, I, there's the butt. Um, (laughs) Snap it, baby. I'll snap. I'll snap for you. I'll snap. I'll snap a butt. Um, The, one of the things that I know Melissa and I will speak about a lot, just in general, is people's lack of awareness and consciousness, and we mentioned intention around any you name it, it just behaviors in general and if you you touch on it being a, a 
practice that you've cultivated over a long time. And I think a lot of times we, it, we're 100% guilty of this, and we, we mentioned it earlier, being in these echo chambers where you just, you've come to see the value of that reflection and the value of being intentional with whatever it is, whatever skill set you're working on. And so now you understand the overall value of intention and consciousness and paying and being attentive to whatever you're working on. Simply the lens through which I'm looking at anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it becomes a universal skill. lens for anything that you're working on. I love that you you talked about the, the relative ease or access. Talking about it, he having an easier time realizing I'm a beginner at jiu-jitsu. Um, this is just me reflecting in real time, but purposely having chosen things that uh, may be unique, right? I, I got into MoveNat uh, because already uh, there was no expectation for how good I'm supposed to be at this. Mm-hmm. Same thing with guitar practice and these more creative endeavors. So I do imagine they were just yours. Yeah, and to, so to cultivate yeah. however you saw fit. Yeah, and so I do imagine it at a certain point when I come to a conscious realization that oh, language and breathing and locomotion are just the same thing. It's just pre- you know intentionally cultivating a practice. I was more comfortable saying, oh, even though this is something that everybody does, almost everybody does it suboptimally. Mm-hmm. including me. And I don't know, my perspective has changed quite a bit too since becoming a father. Mm-hmm. Before Logan, I think I was more okay with uh, personal satisfaction. Now I, ha- I just feel a, a greater duty to impact further than mm-hmm. than me and the people that I hang out with. And so, yeah, my ability to respond is in how I extend outward to other people sure. versus just how I'm doing the stuff that I'm doing and contributing to these energies. Language seems to be a quite accessible one to reach a whole bunch of people that likely haven't been in my echo chamber negation acknowledged uh with you guys having been in the the wellness and fitness industry many of the people that you've met over i mean hundreds thousands of people right Mm -hmm. also though they know about squats and the paleo diet and whatever how many people who talk and breathe and walk would never come into your sphere of influence. A lot. Yeah. Because you're the fitness person. Absolutely. I mean, that so, was we, we talked about that was why we, we decided to do this podcast outside of that sphere because, and I think you, you touched on something that, that resonated with me about becoming a father and having that be a, a thing that kind of generated the desire to, to do more outward. And that's really what the hope is with this, is that it's not just about working out in a gym or how you eat. It's it's all of it. 
we'll talk about those things sometimes, but it, it's about, and that's why we titled it Our Human Experience, because we really want to relate our own personal experience and also the greater our, all mm-hmm. of our, the global our human experience. What has your experience been? What has the listener's experience been? Like those, those sort of things. And fatherhood, parent, I would imagine, same for mm-hmm. uh, for motherhood. Yeah. It really does. It, 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 it lends more weight to the effort that you put in if you're doing it intentionally. Like we've mentioned, you know, dozens of times already this, this, uh, during this chat, there's, I, I look at it and I often think a lot of people have a tendency to, how do I want to phrase this? They, they have a tendency to, to look at parenting as not as big of a deal or way bigger of a deal than it is, right? <laughs> So they're like, I'm never having kids. I can't do it. Oh, like it's the worst or whatever. Or they're like, eh. (laughs) And and there's a spectrum there, right? But I I think for me at least, it was a really heavy decision. And one that Melissa and I had countless conversations around whether or not we were going to actually start a family. Given the the way that I grew up, I had a lot of apprehensions about my ability as a father. And given kind of the state of the world, or at least how I perceived it at the time, I was really hesitant about bringing more people into it. And, sure and you know, not. and so I, I think we entered into it with a very intentional approach. I mean, most of the people in our lives who, um, who had children after us, we talked a lot about the conversations that Melissa and I would have prior to having Dylan around who do we want to be? As parents, what are the things that we that we want to try to do with with our children most of the time? Like, how do we want to raise them? Mm-hmm. What are our priorities around that? Mm-hmm. And it set us up for a very intentional path. And I can't imagine if we didn't do that. <laughs> I, I look at our lives right now, and I just think if we hadn't done that, if we hadn't been intentional with everything, not just our language, our behavior, the way that that we engage with our kids, it's so easy to just let that train go and just drag you. And you have no, there's no direction and you're just like, I don't, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just along for the ride and crossing my fingers that we don't you know, crash into a wall or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think something about entering fatherhood is really what made it start to matter more about the words we chose, the tone that we spoke in, the... You know, um, and we're not perfect with it by any means, and it's a work in progress. But it's it is intentional, and we do recognize where we fall short. Mm-hmm. We discuss it a lot about how we can improve. Um, you know, whether it's the way we're talking, like you said, in front of the kids yeah. or talking to them. I mean, two two things I recognize in myself is that I use like this finite language. So I say like, never or always. Right? right. So I say to that Dylan, like binary, binary. Yeah. Okay. So I say, I say, <laughs> that's your snap. Yeah. So I say, you know, you never listen or we always, this thing always happens. And it's like, maybe it happens once a week. And like we talked, we've talked about it on the business well, it's side too. fundamentally not true. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not just true. not. Right. Yes. So like, so I make things a bigger deal and then it's focusing on the negative. Right. So we've talked about it in the, on the business side where, you know, well, we had this person quit. We, we're never getting any new clients. 
but maybe we did that week and all I'm focuses, focusing on is the one person that decided not to work with us anymore. Sure. Right? Yep. So really looking at that, I mean, that's a snap thing for me, I think, is especially okay. like talking to our kids, saying like, you never do what I ask you to do. Oh, absolutely. Like, no, like probably five, half, 50% of the time you <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do what I ask you to do. But like, you know, you're also a human and you're allowed to have those opportunities to say like, no thanks. Sure. You know? And that can relate back to working on negations or what can mm-hmm. you say, what can you say instead of you're not listening or you never listen or you don't, change, just work on other, yeah. other ways. And we've tried, we've focused that, on, you know, the pop, like looking at the positive and praising instead of. Right. Going on to the negative or the disciplinary side and saying, like, I really love when you help yeah. make your bed or help your sister get dressed in the morning instead of, like, why can't you make your bed or you never make your bed when I ask you to. Right. So. Well, and I think for I think for us, too, like, oh, I didn't mean to cut you up, man. Right. Um, I think for us, like, the other day, I, I picked Aubrey up from school and I, I was telling Melissa, so Aubrey is far more receptive with language and parroting with language than Dylan is. Dylan seems to be a lot more internalized with it. It, it, She thinks about it a lot. And so she'll randomly say something weeks after that (laughs) about it. And you're like, like you've been thinking about it for two weeks. Three? three." But Aubrey, on the other hand, is, is just like a parrot, right? So she got in trouble last week for running around uh the classroom chanting penis butthole right and she just she'll hear stuff that like dylan says or we say and she just repeats it right because melissa's always saying penis butthole i chant um, it every morning mm-hmm. <laughs> part but, of my meditative but practice. i go to i go to cockadoodle <laughs> do that's my, i just i added butthole to it it's this is a translation cockadoodle do penis we, butthole but i picked aubrey up the other day and she gets in and she goes out of nowhere, I, I'm a no listener. I never listen. <laughs> Ooh. And I'm, I'm yeah. Like, oh, I, I got on the phone with her like immediately just, just after. Snap for the yeah. Snap d- for the wider net. It. <laughs> yeah. it was. No. It was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was a moment where I just stopped, and like in my own head, I'm I'm just looking at this and mm-hmm. saying, "What are you guys doing?" This little, this little person, she doesn't know. She's just saying stuff that's top of mind. But obviously, that is something that she, that's how she's perceived the way that we've spoken to her. And that's not good. I, you know, when, when we first, when Melissa was pregnant with Dylan and we found out that, well, <laughs> another that's another story. When, when, ultimately, when we had two girls, I've always said like that I want to raise strong, confident girls and that means i have three strong confident women eventually in my home mm-hmm. right More and, and they're coming <laughs> for me but that also means that i need to be really aware of how i engage with them mm-hmm. how i talk to them the my, my tone my reactions my ability to be open and let them express things to to me as well because if they're my mind will tend to fast forward so in that moment when Aubrey said that, immediately I, I went to this place where she's a young adult and she has no confidence because she thinks she's a bad person or she did, and you know and that's mm-hmm. it, it, it's catastrophizing that scenario for Potentially. sure. Potentially, but it, it lets me see if we don't 
address whatever it is we're doing that's making her say this right now, it could go that path. Right. And I don't want that for our daughter, you know? And, and so it's... What do you want, Chad? What do I want? <laughs> yeah. Right? Negation. The process of elimination, though. If, if you don't want that, there's still you still leave the door open right. for infinite minus yeah. one other yeah. things that right. can happen. Right. And what I do want is what I said before. I, I do want daughters who can trust in their mother and I to talk to us who understand that their emotions are tools and that it's okay to be angry and sad and happy and all of these things and that they're confident in themselves and they believe in themselves and they believe in their ability to to act to shape the world around them to yep. uh, to influence their own perspective that's those are the things that we do want for our girls yep. and because oh, yeah. they're little balls of clay that means we need to do those things, and we need to exemplify those things, and we need to walk them towards those things as they grow up. And, and we're still balls of clay. We're just a little bit drier and less pliable. <laughs> more cracks. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, uh, I appreciate all that you're saying there. I, it's an interesting thing because what's this? Is this called the human experience? Our human experience. Our human experience. Did our human experience come first, or did language and words come first? Well, you touched I mean, on it before in, in, in saying this idea that language is a way for us to convey our experience. You to, just call to it a tool. Other, right? Yeah. You're sad. It's a tool. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that makes you know our our deeper we've peeled lots of layers of this onion, right? And you start to recognize, oh, they all. Not potentially equal weight, but they all matter. All these, all these tools, everything that we're contributing to, it's, it's becoming who we are and what our life is. And also, does it matter? It only matters right here. It matters mm -hmm. at the intersection of here and now. Yep. Right. And where I get hung up on the the binary language, I use it too. I like to define language as uh, a tool to provide an accurate reporting of our experience. So that's where all this other stuff comes in, breathing and sensitivity. First of all, you need to become more comfortable with what your experience actually is right now. And then... Which is, a, like, I mean, I mean man, most you talk people about don't a even... tangent? <laughs> right. How and many then people act... are not with anything right. sensitive about what, what their experience is and actively seeking to avoid feeling that experience? For sure. And then when you use the binary language, though, you're automatically, like you already said, it's it's fundamentally false. Yeah. Uh, and you're now, so if you're trying to you're use now using to... the tool incorrectly yes. because you're using language you're to, using create, a hammer to, wash dishes. to create an <laughs> inaccurate reporting yes. of your experience. Right. right. Which binary language almost always <laughs> is. Oh, I love that you paused Close. and gave the almost. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's man. You touched on so many things that got, <laughs> that got my my mind flying in a million directions. I mean, I, mean, I like I like the the spoke of a wheel, right? Oh, from the like, beginning. Yeah, yeah bringing bringing it back to that. Like, if we look at kind of mindset being the foundation of how we sleep, how we move, how we eat, how we perform anywhere in the world, and language dictates what our mindset is. Then, yeah, it like, is kind of an interesting uh, yeah. 
figure eight, uh, yeah. yin yeah. yang type of yeah. relationship. Yeah, it's uh, it's nuts, and you like you, you so, get to use a little wizardry, and now you're creating before it happens. Well, and I think that's when. So obviously, we could. I'm trying to think the order that I want to to touch on each of these things. <laughs> One um, was this this level of duplicity that you mentioned where all of this stuff, and this is, Willis has got to be so sick of hearing me talk about this, uh, but it's something that just really interests me, that this balance, this yin-yang that we see everywhere, right? That you are, these actions, these choices, everything that you do are vitally important and at the same time meaningless. It's outside ev- it's of everything. It's everything and nothing at once. And I think that's a that's a tough thing for a lot of people to reconcile with, but it's such a valuable thing if you can, because it's really easy to, to say, I'm going to take a deep dive on language, and you start looking at it, and you're looking at your life, and you're like, oh my God, I'm so bad at this. I, and then I, today I, you know, I used... 37 negations and this and that. I think the and, you, and you start to fixate the same way that someone much, would fixate on nutrition or exercise or, or well, much, whatever else Much like is. nutrition and exercise, like the coolest thing about language is if you didn't do well today, you can just try again. Like the next, like if you, if you ate a meal that didn't align with your goals or what you want to be eating, like the next time you eat, just choose something better. Life right? happens so, in front of you. And right, if when you so, recognize, if you're able to be, you, you can cheat the system. You can hack the system and say, all the patterns that I exhibited prior to this are relevant, and you create mantras around from from this moment forward. I'm this. Right. You get to shed the identity of I'm an asshole. Yeah. And you yeah. get to say I'm a great person. And today that might have only been ten percent true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But your point of awareness on that particular thing, and prior recognizing that. It's something I actually care to work on uh, yeah. because I want to contribute to a greater good for myself and my family and extending out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's it's I huge, mean, it's, and I think you t- you you mentioned uh, th- this ability for it to feel like wizardry or you know like magic when you're when you start to identify some of these things and you do shift your language not only your verbal language, but your body language, the way you carry yourself, the way you present yourself to others and to yourself. And it, the thought crossed my mind that we have we have a culture right now that is that is really obsessed with the other, with what other people are doing. I'm watching them on social media. I see this person driving or the a nice shoulds, car. Or the think water. we should be doing. This thing. And, yeah. and No, I shoulds. That's what I call them. Yeah. And you stumble, yeah. Got you stumble them. upon yeah. these people that you'll meet and they seem to have got it all figured out or they, they at least are in a place where you would maybe aspire to be. And sometimes it seems so far removed that, you're, that you might think, well, how do I even get there? How did this person get there? And more often than not, if you have the opportunity to have a real conversation with that person, it's by doing stuff like this. It's by recognizing, I, I'm an asshole for, I said this to myself for 15 years. And then, like six years ago, I said, "Let's try not to be an asshole." And and then eventually, right, and you're still an asshole eighty percent of the yeah. time. And eventually, and it gets better. I'm not saying that you no, are. Okay, that's fine. A rhetorical. Uh, <laughs> but, but at least it becomes something that you're consciously. But it becomes. Att- at I think yeah. what's important to recognize it is it becomes attainable. So again, we all recognize that the person 
the, the whole idea of an overnight success, whatever that means from like a business standpoint, your health, your relationships, whatever, it's, it's not true, right? It, something has led that person to that point, right? And there's been various challenges in there. But I think it's really easy to observe from the outside and look at it as just an overnight success. Um, and, and, and I think it's important to recognize that you can see that thing that you aspire to be or do or whatever it is, and you can start to work on it 5% or 10% a day. Mm -hmm. And maybe but next month you're at 15%. The power of language and, uh, you know, creating mantras that you are writing down, saying out loud, where you start to get into the wizardry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how much, if, how much value, because we haven't talked about writing at all. Really, we've talked mostly about the language. Um, right, and, and let's be honest. Catching it, these are all various levels. You're going to catch other people hearing it. That's the easiest. There are other people using it in yeah. in spoken word. Okay. Then you're going to catch yourself in spoken word. But easier than that is start to catch it in uh, written word because sure. you can read it multiple times. And especially with a text message, like I said, with a text message and an email, you, you get to proofread even. So now you, it's taken a mulligan every single time. You get a yeah. you get a rep. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I was about to hit send on this email, but let me just check it for negations and see how successful those were. Yeah. Are they necessary in you know crafting this message? I also observe a pattern of access, right? And where you and I and you and I, we can wax philosophic for a really long time and that's great that's the work for us to do and then using language as a tool to say oh here are the here are the important how do you parts. whittle the it down so it's digestible and because people like us are willing to say we're a, a white belt forever and i imagine when you have these conversations with people who you aspire to be Many of them would tell you the same thing. I, I recognized I was a beginner and started working at something, and then I've just been taking intermediate steps since. A point of arrival is something you've created in your head about where I am as Michael Jordan. Sure. I'm only looking at myself as snapping my wrist when I miss a 35-footer. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? Where, it, where the difficult thing is still there it's just closer to what you thought your hypothetical perfection was mm -hmm. right if, if you're starting playing basketball it's you know whatever i don't make know. it a kind of a silly thing right no it's no but I get, it, it, and then the skill then the skill just gets stronger and stronger over time and well, as soon to as the you, levels not the pursuit the as pursuit soon as can michael stay jordan, there forever as soon as it's michael infinite. jordan said i'm good he was beat by the person who decided they were getting better. I'm getting better at basketball every day. And if you're writing it down and making consistent practice of that, saying it out loud, in creating an accurate reporting of your experience, uh, if you're not accurate, it's going to feel icky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of mine recently is just, I'm conscious about the amount of waste I generate from packaging. And I see many opportunities, especially working in construction, 
opportunities to just say fucking fucking garbage. Whatever. And so, yeah, let's be honest. I throw out things that could be recycled. And I care to focus on it. I'm conscious about yeah. it. And every morning I remind myself that. And so even if I just make one intentional decision, hey, I'm going to pick up that yogurt container that somebody else left here. Mm-hmm. Just one. I won today. That's the wizardry I'm talking about. Because well, I know you, I'm... You touched on the, like, you touched on the, if you didn't pick it up. The that, next morning, I'm going to say... Of, that feeling of, but I, I wrote this down, and you notice I didn't do that thing that I say I do. I, I took that opportunity to walk past it, not address it, and move on. It, it's something that, again, we've talked a lot about somewhere there is a healthy balance of shame and guilt about the choices you make and the actions you make. You shouldn't feel terrible if you're trying to produce less waste... You shouldn't feel terrible that you walked by and you saw, you know, a can across the parking lot. You didn't run over and get it, <laughs> but you recognized it. And the fact that you're like, that you think maybe oh, I could have picked that up. It that's a step toward being that ideal. It's contributing to who you're becoming. Exactly. Whether whether or not it's intentional, you know, that's what I'm saying. It. If you just become the default person, the average person who's going to drive by or you know, a whole bunch of garbage. And a pessimistic viewpoint, perhaps, but I would imagine up to 80% of people aren't even seeing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. If that, you drive by that's a, a field full of you that's know, trash I had to the come side to, of the road. I don't even know if I have come to grips with it, per se, but we've talked ad nauseum about, especially when I first got out of the military. And, and talking, so my sister's a, a mental health counselor. Um, and so, uh, in talking to her, it's kind of a dual contributing factor here for me, where if you grow up in a home with abuse at a young age, you tend to be hypervigilant. Then you do something like police, military, something that requires you to be hypervigilant and watch people's behavior. It, it, for me, it just ingrained that in me. And when I first got out of the of the Marine Corps, it was it wasn't disruptive to my life to the point where I, I couldn't function, but it was weird. There was a weird level of awareness that that was around, and it for a long time it still irritates me now. But for a long time it it irritated me a lot, and I would get really upset with people that didn't pull the door open for someone, pick up the piece of trash. Or worse, just throw the trash on the ground themselves. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, that lack of just awareness. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me a long time to recognize it. To your point, most people just aren't aware. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily being malicious. It's not that they don't care. They just don't notice. And right. it's only been made more problematic, in my opinion, in the recent decade or two that social media and iPhones or Android or whatever, touchscreen phones with media and everything has been for sure has been increased in, in access and it's now it's there's even less of a reason sensitivity to be, be turned off right? <laughs> very much so <laughs> right and so it it is uh, I don't know 
that that's a pessimistic viewpoint in terms of your number. I think it's probably more of a realistic, unfortunate, realistic number. But it's not something back to... What's our ability to respond? Back to the attainability of it. It's not something that can't be improved. It mm-hmm. is something that can be It improved. is something that, yeah, exactly. Through personal accountability and one win. One person writing down well, and the mantra and doing it one like time this. better yeah. today. And, and hopefully through conversations yes. like this that, that people could listen to and say, man, I never really even thought about that. Right. And then they talk to another friend or one of us is having coffee with someone or talking to a family member. and It, it, it can grow in this kind of viral sense, the same way that, that continuing down a negative path can. Sure. The conversation you guys, that Melissa's getting tired of in terms of reconciling that everything matters to you and those around you and doesn't matter to Mother Earth and orders of magnitude to infinite <laughs> yeah. beyond that. Perhaps what we're really referring to at a distilled level is how, what type of standard you hold yourself to and others to. Um, Do you know what type of standard? Have you even it, recognized? Have right. you identified, defined that? A it, lot of people haven't. It's hard for me. And creating alignment in your life, which al- allows you to feel hesitate to say satisfy because we're always taking intermediate steps however uh, if you become fixated on something oh i need to pick up all the trash in the parking lot all the time that's not gonna now be- you're yeah. right your your opportunity costs economics 101 you're taking attention away from something else sure mm-hmm. so well, what kind of standard is appropriate and that that's a forever practice in determining who you are and who you want to be. And because... I think, yeah, I think you just hit on why people, my most people don't even try is because they feel like one piece of garbage isn't enough and I don't because want, all I don't have the time or energy to, I don't, I don't want to pick up all the garbage. So I'm not going to do anything. Well, and I mean, right? yeah, like, maybe on a, another level of that, it, um, our, all, well, all of our, our friend Brian uh, Costello put something up today about balance that I saw, and it's it's that balance, recognizing and what is balance for you. So if, if it's about picking up trash, the balance for, might be if it's within reach and I can grab it and put it in my car or put it in a trash can or whatever it is, then, then I do it. I don't spend seven hours a day walking around my neighborhood picking up right. everyone's trash. And, and there's, a, again, a spectrum there. And I think a lot of times... What you're referring to is people looking at a skill set or an yeah. action or behavior and saying, there's no room to find balance here. Mm. I well, have to do this 100% of the time mm-hmm. or I'm not worthy or I'm not going to get any value right, it out of it. comes back to the stories and the language we use around yeah, those things. It, right? I don't want to focus on food as much as Melissa does. That's the that's the negation. I just focus that, on putting it on my whatever. fork and in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's that's the negation that uh, leads to non-action exactly. towards right. something versus Wait. simple mantra. I am conscientious about the quality of my food. 
write it down every morning for this week mm-hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. Because by day six, if you've been conscientious zero times, it's going to hurt to write down. Yeah. Likely you were conscientious more than once. And so on day seven, celebrate that And shit. does conscientious even have to mean choosing the better option or the healthier option? You're just conscientiously choosing the donut. Correct. I drew awareness to the quality of my food today. Right. Yep. And I think, you know, specifically with food, like, getting rid of, like, morality around the words that we use. Like, you mentioned good or bad, not liking good or or bad, right or or wrong, right? Like, a lot of what I talked about to my clients about is there's no morality when it comes to food. You are not a better person if you eat a salad and a bad person if you choose a donut. What's likely accurate is yes and... Right. Because even if you're eating uh, leafy greens, they came from fucking California on a truck and packaged in two layers of styrofoam and whatever. Or Peru, where there's no no such thing as organic. They just put it on the label, right? Like, there's no regulations anywhere, so. Right. Yeah. And so it becomes yes and. What is your created reality around you eating vegetables? Because it's going to be yes and. Mm-hmm. It's, I, oh man, I'm, I'm creating, I'm contributing or I'm giving my money and resource attention to something that actually is out of alignment with who I want to be. Then it becomes tough. I think that- but it's just the state of awareness. And again, holding yourself to an appropriate standard. Right when I go deep on some of these reflections, I'm essentially lashing myself. <laughs> oh my god! Why did I say that? That was brutal. I could have I could have improved it on this, but if you look at it from this moment forward, then you can say oh, I was gross on those three podcasts saying like a lot. Sure. And then you draw a point of awareness, and and then every snap feels good. Man, I caught one, dude. That's great. Versus saying, oh, I'd say it too much. I I don't want to work on that. Yeah. That's too daunting. Okay. Then it is. Then that's the accurate reporting of your experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both are right. <laughs> both no matter, are right. Both are right, no matter how you how you phrase it. And so you see where I'm getting at with this wizardry. I mean, the more you draw awareness to it, the more you at least for me being this creative type mm-hmm. and seeing the world in it's first of all it's amazing and catastrophic either way if you look for the beauty in the world you're going to find it if you look for the evil in the world you're going to find it they're both true yeah so i i'm personally just really enjoying doing more creating i mean maybe a, a difficult consciousness level for people to to get on from this moment i've been doing this for a long time and yeah, but cultivating does, but practices, does creating but... have to be. I think a lot of times, again, the stories we tell ourselves. So someone hears you say, "I like creating," and they say, "Well, I'm not creative. I'm not a creative." Person, Life but... becomes a. Uh, you're writing fiction. You get to write what you want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and and what I was going towards was, what you're creating could be anything. It could be music. It could be relationships. It could be energy to a room. It could 
it doesn't, I think there's certain words that they get assigned to an area of our lives and it's really hard to, to break them away from there. Right. So when you hear the word, I'm a create, I create things a lot of times our minds will go to, well, what do you create? Are you a painter or like a sculptor? Do you build things? Are you a carpenter? No, I just, I, I create my own perceptions. I create valuable relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. I create and, and, and so you it can do be too. all of these things. And be, you do too. The other person, exactly. the person questioning yeah. you. It's accurate. Yeah. I choose to focus on this accurate statement in creating my reality. Because like you said, you can create anything you want. Yeah. Could be music, could be if it's authentically you, I just imagine that to be the best thing you could do. Because like I said, do you, oh shoot! Do you think the universe, at several orders of magnitude outward, really cares what you what you file for income on your taxes in 2021? <laughs> if you, I mean, is that accurate? So why does your why is the reality that you live in, and the conversations you're having, and the thing, the thoughts that you're believing? Things you're contributing to by purchasing all your stuff on Amazon. You know what I'm. Do you know where I'm getting at? It's yeah. just. It, well, it, we it, we touched. I, I think in a, in a similar vein, we touched on this the other day. That the whole the, the adage of the more you learn, the less you know. And life this, is I, a fucking this roller coaster, idea of man. knowing something that something's accurate or right or wrong, or you know it to be true. How many times throughout human history have people known something to be true only to see that evolve and change mm-hmm. over decades or centuries later you know and it's it's tough to wrap your head around because then it becomes i think it can become easy to to get somewhat nihilistic about it or, or you look at it and you're like well if this is if i don't know any of this to be true and none of it's true and none of it matters then why am i doing then why am i doing right, it? yeah what what are we doing? And that's where the balance comes in. Where well, none of it does matter, and it all matters. Well, what do you want to be doing? Well, I think that's and the problem. That's that the thing. Most people don't even haven't even taken a minute to think about that. So, take a minute to think about. It. <laughs> we'll wait. One minute. We're yeah, ready. Timer and go. Dead air for one minute. Um, we could all. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it's it's funny to we make a joke about it. I would love to see environments where people say, oh, you know what? That's probably a good idea. Like, why don't we just meditate for a minute and check in? And we'll come back to this this meeting. Yeah. Well, even meditation. Like, I've gotten so much pushback from clients and just even myself in general. Like, not being comfortable with the conversations happening in their head when they're silent during meditation. Sure. And then easier access points might yeah. be just meditate on the language you're using in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. You're actually going to be talking yeah. to someone at the gas station tomorrow morning. <laughs> you are. Yeah. So add intention to that in a way that you want it to go. Right? Yeah. And if yeah. you wrote that down, I smile at strangers. And when you go to the gas station, you smile at that stranger and, and just recognize the influence that that has on the rest of your day. 
And potentially theirs. And potentially know? theirs. You know, well, that's so, that ripple effect that yeah. you and I have talked about a number of times. It, Hopefully it, theirs. I mean, that's what know? we're doing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, I guess it presents the the I, opportunity for a ripple effect there. And I, one of the things that we, we've kind of referenced a bunch of times that we haven't specifically spoken to is the value of physically writing it down. I don't know how you feel about that, but for me sitting down and, and writing in what now I, I think I have four different journals at this point. I love that we're um, both rocking just the standard the combo. Well, I got Although, this guy. I got the, the moleskin one. She got me this really cool creative one. Uh, I have the Daily Stoic journal. So I got a, 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 there's just journals everywhere. But this idea of physically putting pen to paper, I think is, for me, has been really valuable. Um you know, we touched on like plant medicines earlier. And when one of the last ceremonies I went to, when I came home, I, I showed Melissa and read 10 pages of jur- of journal entries that I wrote while, um, while I was down there at, in that experience. And it was, it, it kind of kickstarted me into writing more because I had journaled in, in things in the past, but it was always kind of a chore and an yeah. effort for me. And I'd sit and say, well, I don't well, what am I, what am I grateful for today? Do I want to say the same three things every day? Why am I doing this? And then I started to realize this writing practice doesn't need to be anything in particular. It can be about anything drug. you want. It can be a plan for your day. It can be a random idea you had that you just write it down. It can be a drawing. That's I have five journals. <laughs> the, 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 the blank one that your sister gave me where we're we're drawing in there and. It doesn't have to be anything, but there's something about that physical connection of putting pen to paper and writing that thing out, whether that's your mantra, I smile at people when I see them in public, or it's just something that you're thinking, or the way you're struggling with journaling. Okay? I don't yeah. know what to write, and you should start writing about how you don't know what to write. It's a, It's weird. For people to kind of conceptualize, I think, and and they tell themselves much like meditation, like it's not something I can do. Well, they go or in with I don't an expectation. Yeah. People will say, "Write what you know, meditate what you know." Yeah. Right. That it, might be walking yeah. in the woods. It might not be sitting on a couch cushion or whatever and and doing breathing exercise. It might be doing something. It might be playing music. Personally, uh, you know, a seated meditation or just focusing on breathing is boring to me i i sense i'm leaving something on the table admission of ignorance i could be wrong Mm -hmm. also i enjoy the way that i add movement to it i enjoy the the way that i'm adding my own flair a la bruce lee well it goes back to Mm -hmm. what what is right or wrong right If, if it's a space that allows you the ability to connect to yourself, to what you're feeling, to your breath, to the environment around you, the sounds you hear, the things you see, and it creates that space in your day, in your life, then it's meditative. Exactly. It, so it, that, it doesn't have to look like anything. If it works, it works. Pen to paper just becomes, oh, I'm intentionally going to put something from here to there. Yeah. Or here to there. Or Again, attempting to develop some kind of accurate reporting of your experience. How much of life, when we're not communicating then, you're just walking through the woods, then what is occurring? 
kitchen. Mm-hmm. What's happening around you? What, what do you smell? Right, what and at that moment, here. at that moment, there's the pen to paper is absent. So you might do it in your head or or not. Sure. But either when you sit down to write something out, that's intention. And I just, okay. I, again, it made me then, think of then the Stephen. Is it Stephen Pressfield's the the War of Art? Um, it just made me think of of that. It's more specific to creation around writing and things like things of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. But it is about just being intentional and sitting down to do it. Whether it's good or bad or indifferent, you're doing it. You show up. Clear, clear, uh, shared experience, and that's our movement practice, right? You recognize having done it so many times now. There will be days where this feels great. There will be days where this feels awful, and most of them are in the middle. Yeah. And I'm also holding myself to that. It's okay to be at that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be, be at that standard. So as soon as you create a, an outcome goal for, oh, I'm going to start journaling and I better write 18 pages by the end of the month, that's, I'll tell you've you what, lost. That's something that, mm-hmm. I, that I have struggled with and have now, I, I feel as though I've gotten to a point where I, I'm mostly past that, that feeling of, oh, I didn't do that thing today. Why am I, I'm, I'm failing at it. Mm-hmm. I actually love that you have five different journals at five opportunities to pass by it yeah. and write one thing down. And they're all very different. Yeah. The, 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 what's contained in them is different. The, some of them are prompted. Some of them are not. Some of them include, like, like I said, artistic drawing type elements. Um, the one that she got me is a creative thinking one. So it's, it's got some funny and silly exercises in that, like playful things. Um, the daily stoic journal is, is a lot more reflective mm-hmm. and maybe more of like of a deep thinking type thing. So they're, they're all in these different arenas too, which is, which is nice. And for me, similar to things like reading, if I want to commit to making sure that I'm reading more because it's something I enjoy and it's interesting to me, but it's, even though it's enjoyable and interesting, I still will put it off. Sometimes I give myself the bandwidth to say, you read a paragraph. You're yeah, done. go to and, sleep. And for, or you read twenty pages. And furthermore, if you're the person who wants to create any kind of habit, simply write it down, and or say it out loud, and or tell somebody, "Hey, I want to do this." Mm-hmm. Try to do that a few days in a row, and, and just try to make it a little more accurate. Like and put it like put it somewhere where you can see it for sure on your mirror, or like leave a whiteboard in our room that I just keep track of things that and I want you, to be doing. And like, it's just a simple check or an X. And at the end of the week, I just beautiful. evaluate without any, like, you know, well, you and I both have gotten, you know, we've gotten better at not feeling ba- guilty. Like, oh right, my God, but, I didn't do this you know, thing six times this I want week. It's to just be, saying, I didn't do this thing six times yeah, a week. Maybe I'd try it. There's a lot more. more X's than there were check marks on that one thing. How can I make it different next week? Or is that, or <laughs> you know? is that thing really important to me? Yeah, or is it something I need to be tracking every day? Right. I'm, I'm going to let that last one go because the purpose of the exercise was from this moment. Right. Yeah. Right. And well, there's value to that because a lot of yeah. times it, it, people are looking at, I mean, even today we're talking about language, adding awareness and intention around your language. A lot of discussions around trying to become 
the better version of yourself that you envision or that you want to be, whether that's a health perspective, relationships, whatever you want to look at, it's oftentimes about adding this skill set or adding this habit. There's a ton of value in omission of things. And sometimes you don't know what you want to omit. Sometimes something may seem valuable when you read about it, you learn about it. That's interesting. I should start doing that. And then you start trying to do it. You're like, I don't enjoy this at all. It's not valuable to me. It's a struggle to do it. I'm rarely successful and it's stressing me out. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Omit it. It's that that in and of itself is valuable. We talked about ha- um, uh, hobbies, mm-hmm. you know, and and we've had this discussion around Melissa looking for some different hobbies to get into and and feeling like, well, if I don't know that I'm going to like it, then why bother investing <laughs> the time and money? I mean, and, I don't mind time, but for people that for someone that doesn't have lots of money to just blow on buying new stuff and sure. then deciding you don't like it. Like that's but my there is But there is but... value in realizing that I thought this was something I'd be interested in. Right. And I tried it and I'm not. So now I know when I'm looking for something to be interested in, it's not that thing. That's not the thing. <laughs> it's one less thing to consider right. like you're, in the you're world using, of unknowns. Right, you're actually using negation through experience, but it's a, a lot grander scale. Yeah. And that's a rhetorical thing too. Right? Yeah. That's, that's the stoic philosophy of Oh, Melissa, you don't love jujitsu. You, but I'm going to try uh, watercolor painting. I, I, you know, I, I'm excited Write about watercolor painting. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, I, I know you have a hard stop coming up. Yeah, get the kid about out. ten minutes, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of tie this all back together at the end, wrap it up with just reminding people of some of the practical, just simple things that we talked about earlier that we can throw into uh, our daily lives or whenever it works. Um, One of the goals with this podcast is to make sure that it's free-flowing, it's interesting, it's conversational, but if someone makes it all the way to the end, (laughs) we remind them of just a couple of things that they could take away and try if it's something that's it's interesting to them. So do you mind just touching back on the, the things that we talked about earlier as far as practical, like getting rid of the, uh, or using affirmative language versus negations and those sort of things? Sure. Um, yeah, as we, as anticipated, we do tend to get into some deeper concepts. Um, however, I really like what you said just about pen to paper and, and recognizing that when you put that, p- that pen on your paper, you're contributing to what's happening in your life uh, simply through the act of doing it. So uh, write shit down. I mean, Step I, one. <laughs> yeah, and no. physically write it down. Don't type it. Don't and like, I think that's powerful. Sure. I mean, whatever works for you. Fine. I mean, well, yeah. It, it, I what I want whatever is. Whatever works, like, and so find what works. Overall, yeah. creating, you know, attempting to create an accurate reporting of your experience. So, um, I really do like the negations one. That's mm-hmm. that's something that I, I do imagine if someone really did care to draw awareness to for a single day, um, you're going to know after a day whether language is a, a something that you want to undertake. And hopefully the answer is yes, because we're all doing pretty poorly at it. Yeah. When you start to recognize how much fluff is in things. So for the person that's never even thought about that, 
Yeah. Just give them a couple quick, walk them through what would that look like. If they said, hey, I want to try this. I want to try and bring some awareness to, to negations. What would they be looking for? What would they be doing? At least what would your recommendation be? Uh, step one is likely to, and if you're in into journaling, you know, bring, bringing something around so that you can put the thought on paper as it's happening in real time. But simply writing down the statements that you hear or heard used uh, that contain the word not, shouldn't, can't, won't, uh, and either in the moment or a, a subsequent reflection, consider how productive that was to the, to the outcome and whether or not that could just be removed and replaced. Was it, was it even accurate first? Sure. You know? um, so I, from a practical action step, there are infinite options. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to suggest... That that's the thing. Okay. Tomorrow, today, right now, starting right now, writing down when you hear negation statements and then consider whether they were effective in life. Yeah. Um, my observation is perhaps 10% are conducive to the outcome that we could all even want. Right, we could be on the same team, you and your staff. But then when you're saying, we don't want you to do this, what information have you given to your staff? Infinity minus one thing. Mm -hmm. You could still be doing anything else. I do want you to show up 10 minutes early. Yeah. Don't want you to be late. And just start to recognize to your, those... You mentioned to your kids, I do want you to... Go brush your teeth after you finish your breakfast or whatever. The, the... Mm -hmm. Right. And I just, that's the one, I think. Yeah. You know, ultimately, if you have more questions, follow Mark England. Go down your own little rabbit holes. The, the thing is going to be speed of implementation, putting, putting these ideas actually into work in your life. Mm -hmm. So, again, the pen to paper one's super easy. That's a personal practice. It need not even affect anybody else. Yeah. Um, and then you can just humbly assess, shoot, was that negation cool? And then decide for yourself whether that's something you care to work on. I will tell you from my own experience, focusing and making many errors and using lots of negations still, it pays dividends. Return on investment with just achieving the, the outcomes that you are looking for. And I'm not suggesting, negation acknowledged, attempting to control your situation through through this. However, again, if you can all agree that you want it to come out this way and you continue to focus on the milk that's not in the glass, negation acknowledged, that's all you're ever going to see is the empty part of the glass. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So and, what and we I need to do... I think you touched on it not being... It you're not necessarily looking to control it in a malicious way. You're looking to more effectively get everyone to that point that they all want to collectively get to anyway, where there's mutual understanding about what you're trying to say, what you do want, not right. just what you don't. Right. I think that's uh, awesome. Mm -hmm. And then uh, another one is then you start to draw awareness to, uh, I like victim mentality when you just, you you 
the alternative would be extreme ownership mm -hmm. for your circumstance. So no matter where you are right now, two things are going to be accurate. You're there by circumstance and you're there by choice. They're both accurate. Yeah. Make logical sense of it if you need to, but then attempt to live from the idea that your choice is the thing that you ought to be focused on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I love the way you put that because that's, that is, I think, and myself included, this idea of extreme ownership can be difficult to reconcile with when you look at something like, well, I lost my home in a fire that I didn't start. Could be a lot easier even right. to fall into the trap of who it's could blame me it, it, for know, being a victim. Oh, fuck, my house burned down. Yes, right? it, yes and, and. Yeah, exactly. What could you be doing to improve your, and, your and situation? And right? how does each perception serve you? Yep. It, it, the, circumstance certainly contributed to that. But what do you do about that? You mm -hmm. can't alter circumstance. You can't alter what's going to happen in the world around you or what's not going to happen. But you can certainly alter your choices. You can alter your perception of those things. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Got anything to leave us with there? Big no, Moose? That was, that was fun. Yeah, was I appreciate awesome. you guys yeah. having me on. It's, uh, it's a cool thing. It's It was kind of funny when you had mentioned the... Uh, that you wanted to speak about language. I did get a little bit nervous because then again, it for me, I recognize if, if, if I put an outcome goal on this, I'm already going to feel more vulnerable than mm -hmm. if I'm just sending it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you feel but like also you can rec fail, right? Yeah, and also recognizing that then. So if you're listening, guys, realize you can be confident and your biggest critic. You know I have valuable things to say. I also know that the, the distillation, the communication piece is difficult, especially in real time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, part of the reason I, I recognize after the fact, and in, in, I have a... a fairly long habit of writing stuff down whether i release it to other people or just for myself uh because otherwise i would sound even more like a, a bumbling idiot than i do if you know what i mean yeah. right like that that was step there's a like step one of the distillation is to write it down and care to try to make it a little bit uh more digestible for other people. Sure. That's something yeah. that you know, it's so funny. I, for years, thinking to myself, "Hot shit!" Oh, I know all the techniques. I'm, I, I know exactly what a kettlebell snatch would fucking look like. I know all the steps. And also, poor communicator. Why can't everybody else self snatch like you? Then, why is your? Why are you continuing to differentiate yourself from the people that you coach? Yeah. And I, you know, again, language is one of those missing links. Now I'm recognizing I'm a beginner, and then I anticipate taking intermediate steps from here on out. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank you for joining us. Keep taking those intermediate steps. Uh, as always, reach out. Let us know if, if there's anything that you have questions on. You can, uh, you can find us on 
the the Instagram page there at Our Human Experience. I will link some of the things that we've talked about into the show notes. Uh, connect you with Kurt here, and uh, we can put some stuff in there about Mark England and some other things that we mentioned as well. Thank you all very much for listening and hanging this long, and we will see you next time. Thank you.